1: Well, welcome back Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. It's uh, a delight to have with us the um, my producer pro tem today is Chris Llewellyn, our vice president of all things important. Bill will be back tomorrow. Chris, thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining us. It's always good to see you and have you in the commander's chair. Welcome.
0: Aye, aye, Captain. You doing all right? Doing good.
1: All right. There's a lot we got to plow through, most of it emanating from D.C. What was it, uh? Pericles said all good things flow from the city, not this city, not this district, not today, not this week, maybe not this year. Chris, uh, let's start off with a little audio. Can we start with what you uh, have queued up for me?
0: So with um, with regards to the never seen, I'm sure I've seen videos of officers being attacked and people resisting arrest, but to clarify, it's never been... The assaults on the skills that we have seen like that before. Um, I just wanted to clarify that.
1: Thanks. Is this a police officer talking about last summer? Because a lot of them said those things last summer. No, it's a policeman, a Capitol policeman, talking about what he saw on January 6th uh, of this year in Washington, D.C. at the Kangaroo Court trial that is taking place over the origins of January 6th. If you're confused about the causes and origins of January 6th at this point, because there are hearings on them, and you thought somewhere in the back of their, your mind with some of the same figures like John and Raskin, Congressman Raskin from Maryland up there, and uh, Adam Schiff, if you're confused that may, haven't we been through this, the answer is yes. Of course we have already been through this. Nancy and Adam and Jamin already told us Donald Trump was the cause of this riot. He instigated it. He started it. You will recall, for those that haven't been subject to the leftist's progressive memory hole, that there was an impeachment trial of Donald Trump on that very issue, instigating the insurrection. So here we have an entirely Democratic Party investigation entirely Democratic Party you want to tell me there are two Republicans on there that's fine but they were selected by Nancy Pelosi the minority leader McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, he nominated Republicans, as was his charge, and she vetoed them. You see, this, this, this assault on free speech doesn't just extend to the citizens. It extends to any Republican the left on that day or in that moment disagrees with. Kevin McCarthy deigned to put Jim Jordan on that panel, but she couldn't allow that because she said— Jim Jordan was a Trump partisan. Well, she's a Trump nonpartisan. Why does she get to tell the Republicans who can represent them? That's called an assault on democracy. Last I checked. Take me to audio clip two, please.
0: Sergeant Canell. This is Jammin Officer Raskin. Officer Fanon, Officer Hodges, Officer Dunn. You are great law enforcement officers and a hero to law enforcement officers across the country. You're great public servants. You are hero to public servants across the country, but you are great Americans and you are heroes to all of America. And long after you are gone, you will be remembered as heroes to our country, along with your fellow officers. And those who attacked you and those who beat you are fascist traitors to our country and will be remembered forever. As fascist traitors.
1: Are they fascist traitors to our country who did all those same exact things times 15, times 15, literally times 15 last summer? You heard no Democratic congressman, not Jammin Raskin. You heard no Democratic senator, not Kamala Harris, say that kind of thing to the cops who were beaten up and assaulted last summer. You heard no such commentary from them. Instead, you heard about how racist America is, how America has to come to grips with its racism, and how it was a legitimate public health issue to engage in that kind of activity because it was on par, if not worse, than COVID. You heard no salute, you heard no shout outs to, and you saw no salutes no attaboys to the police from the Democrats last summer. They were about defunding them, not telling them how brave and courageous they were. Final audio clip for right now, Chris.
0: You made a really interesting point. You said you'd seen protests for many, many years. You'd seen even civil disobedience for many years. There's an effort today to portray the events of January 6th like some kind of uh, resurrection of Dr. King's March on Washington Stop. in 1963. Where? Who? I want to know one
1: Republican anyone has heard of in elected office or not, one conservative anyone has heard of in elected office or not, who has said that this was like the Martin Luther King for the Republicans or the conservatives, or this was equivalent to Martin Luther King's March on Washington. Find me one. You ever heard the phrase straw man? This it's it's known as a logical fallacy. It's a logical fallacy because it's simply setting up an argument against something that was never made. No one in any responsible position in the Republican Party or the conservative movement compared this to the Martin Luther King march in Washington D.C. You find me your most ardent Trump supporter. Does Jim Jordan count? Just take one. Go look up their tweets on January sixth. I did. Here's a tweet from Jim Jordan on January 6th in the midst of the riot. Quote, stop the violence, support the Capitol Police, period, close, quote. Couldn't be more clear. And that's exactly what other Republicans, particularly defenders of Donald Trump, tweeted on January 6th. Who compared it to Martin Luther King? Nobody, Professor Raskin. Continue, Chris, please. You
0: know and i 've seen a lot of protests here too i 've seen the march for our lives that the young people did uh, about gun violence. I see people marching for d c statehood arguing for their rights to representation uh, in congress and i 've seen civil disobedience. but was this like any of those rallies or marches or demonstrations? What was ever the interesting seen? Thanks, chris not, well you,
1: you, you know what stood out stood out for me there. Perfectly good opportunity. Perfectly good to show this isn't a partisan witch hunt. And yet Jamin Raskin flushed that opportunity down the toilet right there and said the quiet part out loud, which didn't need to be said because we all know what it's about. Every example of a peaceful protest he mentioned was a left-wing progressive peaceful protest. Are you trying to tell me there are not protests in D.C.? He could have cited also to show that this was a marginal group. This was a group that didn't represent the kinds of typical free speech and freedom of associations that take place in Washington, D.C. all the time. Nothing about the March for Life. Anyone remember Nick Sandman? It was a peaceful march until they got in Nick Sandman's face. So much do they hate that march, which is bigger than all those other marches Jam and Raskin mentioned, but he couldn't mention the March for Life or other conservative marches in Washington, D.C. It showed you it was a partisan witch hunt. Only left progressive causes, marches and viewpoints will be accepted in this kangaroo court. I, 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 I wonder if some of you are thinking when we use the word phrase kangaroo court where it comes from. The etymology is actually nothing to do with Australia or kangaroos. It's a little cloudy, actually, where the origin came from. But I'm willing to tell you right now, as someone who kind of understands a bit of the English language, that if we wanted an example of the etymological origins of a real kangaroo court stripped of any other Um, Stripped of any other conceit, this is it. This is it. You have the Democrats finally lecturing the American public on how important and how much they love the police. You have the Democrats tarring all Republicans and conservatives with the violence of January 6th. And you have the Democrats telling Republicans who they can and cannot have on this quote-unquote bipartisan panel, even though the Democrats have already made up their mind talking about the root origins, the causes of the riot on January 6th, first being Donald Trump, then being white supremacy. If you think it's just the Democrats, don't. It's the New York Times, too. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what their Department of Justice reporter wrote today after watching the hearings it won't make your stomach turn it won't make your head spin it'll just confirm everything you've already believed about the new york times the left progressives and it may make you think you know what maybe it's time for some kind of new resistance We'll outline the contours of what that could be, too, when we come back. We'll be right back. Here's a little Baker Street courtesy of Mr. Ferguson. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. There's a lot to cover. We're going to get to it, including the new CDC recommendations. Uh, Boy, someone today was awfully smart, and they tweeted. I forget who it was. Oh, I think it was John Gabriel, actually, our good friend John, who said the reason we have a Bill of Rights is because we have things like the CDC. We'll get back to that in a moment. I want to um, finish out a couple of thoughts on the January 6th Select Committee. Katie Benner, if that's not a name you know, I'll excuse you. She's the Department of Justice correspondent for The New York Times. Pretty big uh, portfolio. Here's what she tweeted today after listening to the kangaroo court. Clearly she supports it. And then some. Also saying the quiet part out loud. Just tweeting directly quoting her tweets. Today's January 6th select committee underscores the America, that America's current essential national security dilemma, work to combat legitimate national security threats now, entails calling a politician's supporters enemy of the, enemies of the state. As Americans, we believe that state power should not be used to work against a political figure or a political party. But what happens if a politician seems to threaten the state? If the politician continues to do so out of office and his entire party supports the threat? This dilemma was unresolved by the Russia probe and two impeachments. With many Republicans denying the reality of the January 6th attack, I doubt the January 6th committee will resolve it either. This is your New York Times reporter. Let's go in reverse. Many Republicans denying the reality of the January 6th attack. Find me one. Find me one. Two, she writes, what happens if a politician seems to threaten the state? If the politician continues to do so out of office and his entire party supports that threat? The entire party? She knows it's not true. She knows it's not true. I mean, it, you don't have to go as uh, as far as Adam Kinzinger and, and, and Liz Cheney. They're Republicans, so they keep telling us, and so does Nancy Pelosi keep telling us. And they certainly aren't supporting any kinds of threats. But that's conceding far too much. Everyone in the Freedom Caucus... Every elected Republican denounced what took place on January 6th as and after it was taking place. Again, I just wrote down one Jim Jordan's tweet stop the violence, support the Capitol Police. That was January 6th. But we get New York Times reporters saying the entire party supports the threat. By the way, what is the threat? Let's go back to the Justice Department reporter. As Americans, we believe. That state power should not be used to work against a political figure or a political party. But what happens if a politician seems to threaten the state? How did Donald Trump threaten the state? How did he threaten the state? I'm going to get to a piece in the New Yorker magazine in a moment where I'm going to show you that Donald Trump was warning people in high authority including the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, warning them a month in advance of January 6th that they had better be prepared for the crowd that's coming. What did they do? What did they say? Why were the Capitol Police left stranded? Why, with Nancy Pelosi in the know of this large gathering that she had distrusted, did she de- de- defer in calling in the National Guard when she was asked to do so? What preparations did she tell the Capitol Police they need to make when she was told there was a chance that the rally could get violent? These are the very questions that Nancy Pelosi will not answer because she cannot answer. And she cannot not because she doesn't know the answers, the facts. She cannot answer because it ruins the narrative of who's to blame here. Let me take you to Kate Benner's very first sentiment here. Quote, Today's January 6th select committee hearing underscores the America's current essential national security dilemma. Work to combat legitimate national security threats now entails calling a politician's supporters enemies of the state. Enemies of the state. I guess it's a step up from deplorables. But make no mistake about it. That's what... The appellation is attaching to Donald Trump supporters and Republicans. Just as Hillary called them deplorables, now we have the New York Times calling them enemies of the state. Again, a very amorphous group used, fancy word, synecdoche, but used as a template, as a shibboleth to cover the entire Used as a dragnet to cover the entirety of the Republican Party. Why else do you think? Why else do you think Jamin Raskin said what he said in the previous clip I played in the last segment? Why else do you think New York Times reporters can say the entire party party supports the threat? The entire party supports the threat with many Republicans denying the reality of January 6th. I don't even know what that means, to deny the reality of it. And by the way, in listening to today's kangaroo court, it's not a hearing, it's a kangaroo court, once this number of thousands upon thousands of people storming the Capitol, where did that come from all of a sudden? There is no accurate figure at all. But they have been at this, the Department of Justice, the Capitol Police, the D.C. Police, the FBI, Department of Justice, as I said. They have put out screenshots and photos to the rest of the United States of America. And they get 590 people being charged. How are you at thousands upon thousands? And what, just what was it, Donald Trump did say on January 6th? What was it Donald Trump said that makes everyone here, or even he, an enemy of the state? March peaceably? Was that it? Was it when he wrote... On Twitter, on January 6th, we can't play into the hands of these people. Go home. Go home. How about when he tweeted, you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. Is that an enemy of state? Enemy of the state. Enemy of the people. I don't mind being in the minority on this and speaking the truth about this. The only thing we really, 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 really don't know about January 6th, there is one big important thing. Who, in uniform, shot an unarmed woman in the back? Who did that? You almost don't want to raise the issue of race, but you know damn well just as everyone else knows damned well. That if she were black and the officer were white, he'd have been fired by now, not protected under the cloak of anonymity. Because they took out one of the conservatives, one of the Republicans, someone whose life wasn't worth as much as Nancy thought it should be or was. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us John Dombrowski. He's the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning associates grandcanyonplanning.com host of his own radio show right here 7 a.m. every Saturday the word on wealth how are you John fantastic Seth how's it going today it's great on this day in history one of my favorite people did something big in history and that was go. the Marquis de Lafayette he came to the United States on this day in history uh, just uh, let's see it would have been 1777 and he helped us win the Revolutionary War with the backing of France. One of my favorite quotes of his after, after the battle was won at, um, at Yorktown. He said, "Humanity has gained its foothold; liberty has found its home." Wonderful, isn't that nice? Now we got to keep that. Yeah, I love that line. All right, talk to me about the stocks. Everyone did really well, and yet they didn't. Uh, they didn't. They. It didn't affect the markets in a positive way, right? I'm reading about amazing Apple and Google numbers, but they still didn't. Yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft blew records off Mm -hmm. its entire history. But it didn't really make red turn green, did it?
2: No, and I mean, I still think um, what we're facing here right now is, of course, uh, this Delta variant that's uh, being... uh, you know, spread throughout the country and through the world right now, and possibility of more mandates from the CDC's new guidelines. I don't know if you got a chance yes, to see that. Yes. Um, I don't believe, and it seems like the uh, the president's statement basically said that we're not going back to lockdowns or shutdowns, school closures, that type of disruption. And I think that that's a good i that's good that we're not doing that. I don't think that uh, people will stand for that at this point. Uh, and I do believe that some of some of the regula- regulation that was put into place during uh, the initial phases of COVID were realizing probably were not the best decisions. But um, hopefully, we don't go back and make make similar mistakes. But I think the um, overall uh, that's that's a little bit of a challenge for the markets now, as well as um, we've got the Fed chair. I was going to say the
1: Fed is yeah. now involved in the COVID <laughs> issue. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead.
2: Of course, because uh, you know the concern here yeah. is is that the Fed wants to you know see if they could boost the economy, keep the economy moving forward. Uh, but if if they're going to change their policy in any way, the, the fear is is that it's going to slow uh, growth. And if they slow growth with the virus and and all of the other issues out there, that this could really put a little bit, little bit of a uh, you know a uh, hiccup to the uh, recovery. And this is a real challenge right now that they're trying to balance.
1: Yeah, I think it could be worse than even they may suspect if you look at where the CDC is targeting the remaskings. Right. They tend to be redder states, red states, right. whose economies are humming along like a top, right? When you look at sure. their unemployment numbers, for example, they're in single digits. The blue ones are in the double digits. And I just wonder if you uh, if you hamper the red state single digits to be more like the blue states if those single digits don't become double digits. I really very much do worry about
2: that. Well, the, the, certainly the governors of those states are going to fight yep. this, yep. and and we're hearing it already. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a real challenge, um, you know, for for the federal government to step on the toes probably of the states. But the other side of this, too, Steph, I don't know if you saw this, is that they're contemplating mandates for uh, vaccinations yeah. for some types of some types of uh, some of the federal agencies out there. And
1: private businesses uh, are, are are being encouraged to do it. And, of course, are. And I got to tell you, it's probably going to be realized as constitutional when a private business does it and probably constitutional if a state authority if a state authority does it. I think it's a little more complicated for the federal government to do it.
2: I agree. Uh, I think you know, it's, a, and, it's a little tougher. And, Seth, we all realize, right? We've always been told hey, talk to your doctor yep. about this, Absolutely. you know, to see what's right for you. There are people out there with pre existing conditions yep. that a vaccine uh, could hurt them.
1: Absolute, so, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and lo- so what
2: are they going to do? They're going to have right. to make an exception for that person. I mean, It's going to be a real challenge. I, I, it? I think it is, issue.
1: too. I, I, yeah, I have my own views that I won't subject you to, John, yeah. But
2: <laughs> all But all of this uncertainty, it's a little bit of jitters for the market right well, now. Well, that's Point. right, because
1: the fundamental yeah. rule is money is a coward, right?
2: Yes. But also, if you think about it, you've got, as you mentioned earlier in this segment here, uh, Microsoft, right. Google, Apple, blowing through uh what was expected in their earnings right now. That's right. Um, so things are moving forward and companies are doing well right now. Nice. So if we could hopefully get a handle on this initial uh you know the variant that's out there now um, then I think we still have uh, some real opportunity here for growth for the markets.
1: Thank you, brother. You bet. God bless you.
2: Security and Advisory Services offered to Client One Security LLC, a member of FNRIN and an investment advisor, Grant and Planning Associate LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, and not affiliated.
1: Thank you, JD. I appreciate gotcha. it. Until tomorrow, uh, I'm Seth. We will be right back. Our number 602 5080 960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Heating. Don't worry about the heating right now. You don't need me to tell you that. But if you don't know about Cool Touch and their fabulous uh, customer service and service ability skills, um, then perhaps you can um, take my uh, take my instruction here, take my advice. It's the company I use. It's the company I have used. Family, friends, Chris Funk and his team at Cool Touch Air Conditioning are just fabulous, and they're there twenty four seven. Because goodness knows, Monday through Friday. Nine to five isn't the only time you have plumbing problems or air conditioning problems. Right now, Cool Touch is promoting a system they have that acts as if it had a dimmer switch on a light so the, your air conditioning doesn't turn on and off with all those power surges, contributing to your high bill. It maintains operations to keep you at the temperature you want while saving you the most amount of money, and they have a $2,000 rebate on that system right now. Whether it's that system or another new system or repair inspection, you name it, Cool Touch is the company you want. Give them a call at 623-734-1932 or visit them online at CoolTouchAC.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com. I suppose that in my... Final last thoughts on the January 6th before I turn over to the CDC and some issues in California I want to talk to you about. I suppose the final thing I'd say is where once comes this newfound passion for the preservation of the peaceful transition of power and democracy, where the majority of the voters get to rule with minority rights but a minority that accepts majority rule. Is this not the refrain that the Democrats have been cramming down those who don't believe the election was won fairly and squarely last November? Is that not the refrain that you hear all the time? Democracy was stopped. Democracy was prevented. Well, still no statement from the Democrats saying as much about one of the country's biggest states where We're talking about Texas and the Democratic Party members of the legislature, the minority, left the state, left the state so as not to be counted as a quorum. So the legislature, its majority Republican elected officials could not enact the policies the people there voted for them to act on. The Democrats left the state to deprive the majority of a quorum necessary for them to win by majority rule. Is that an assault on democracy? Is that an assault on democracy? How many Democrats spoke about the Trump inaugural or the march the day after where people were bragging about and exhortating about blowing up the White House? It wasn't just rhetoric in January of 2017. Here's Reuters on Inauguration Day, Trump's Inauguration Day. Quote, black-clad activists among hundreds of demonstrators protesting Donald Trump's swearing in clashed with police a few blocks from the White House in an outburst of violence, rare for an inauguration. So rare it didn't happen at Joe Biden's inauguration. In the violence, still quoting Reuters, knots of activists in black clothes and masks threw rocks and bottles at officers wearing riot gear who responded with volleys of tear gas and stun grenades as a helicopter hovered low overhead. At one point, a protester hurled an object through the passenger window of a police van which sped away in reverse as demonstrators cheered, the leftist progressives on the day of Trump's inauguration didn't clash with police. They clashed so hard with police, police had to evacuate their stand and posture. Democrats hold hearings on that? Or did they just call for the impeachment of Donald Trump on that day? and did calling for the impeachment of donald trump and calling him a fascist tyrant dictator unqualified to be president of the united states mentally unfit to be the commander in chief a stooge of the russians whose election was illegitimate all of things all of those things were said by nancy and hillary all of them were those encouragements To incitement? Were those impetuses and catalysts for the incitement I just mentioned? You may say, well, the Biden inauguration was peaceful because there were National Guard troops in Washington, D.C., and that is absolutely true. But were they there to prevent riots that would have taken place? Or were they just there? There's an easy way to figure out Lexis, Nexus, Google search terms, whatever you want to use as your research tool. Go back and insert the phrase no credible threat and Biden inauguration and you'll see story after story after story from D.C. to Los Angeles that the FBI and Homeland Security had no credible threats of violence against the Biden administration. The Democrats are using the police for a political point. Have they not abused the police enough? Well, you say, there were cops today who showed up and testified and very lacrimal, very lacrimal, very lacrimal. A lot of tears, a lot of crying, a lot of slamming of fists. Where were they last summer when 30 people were being killed and billions of dollars worth of damage was being done? Literally, to quote Joe Biden, literally, where were they? Where were they? Did David Dorn get half the publicity Officer Sitnik received? I have no problem with Officer Sitnik. Seems like a hero to me. But he didn't die at the hands of the rioters. Only one person died from a lethal weapon on January 6th, and that was a Trump supporter, as I mentioned, shot in the back unarmed. And we don't know who did it. Nancy knows. The Capitol Police know. I'm guessing almost every Democrat in the Judiciary Committee knows. There was an investigation. They know. We're not allowed to know. Just as Anthony Fauci said we weren't prepared to handle the fact that it would take 70% to get to herd immunity, which is why he shifted the goalposts, he told us, because we weren't prepared To handle it, the paternalism here of the Democratic Party should not be mistaken for the dictatorial one party rule they want. They tell Republicans who can represent Republicans, they taint the entire Republican Party with violence, they tell us speech is violence, they take peaceful invocations and transmogrify them into encouragements to incitement. And they talk and talk and talk as if the planks, excuse me, as if the grains of sand in our eyes are planks of wood when they've been swinging those two-by-fours for decades. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Got to get the CDC story out right now real quick um rob can i ask you to call back or hold either way uh about 20 minutes half hour i'll get to you uh and everyone else i just got to get this out and then we have john hinderocker coming up but um the cdc bill uh chris do you have joe biden not the uh, the 12 second joe biden this was two months ago therefore if you've been fully vaccinated
0: you no longer need to wear a mask let me repeat if you are fully vaccinated You no longer need to wear a mask.
1: Well, that was two months ago. The CDC changed guidelines today. In areas where there is heavy spread, and the CDC provides a helpful map, and lo and behold, they tend to be red counties and red states, where there is heavy spread, they are telling us, You have to be vaccinated. You need a vaccination. And once you get a vaccination, you should mask up. And kids, too. Teachers and children, regardless of vaccination, need to wear masks. That's the CDC guideline. It's exactly what I predicted yesterday. Right on cue, the AFT and the NEA, the American Federation of Teachers, and the National Education Association, the two teachers' unions in this country, they applauded that. To be honest with you, I think they may have even written the policy. They've written them before. We know that. Rachel Walensky, who is the head of the CDC, Dr. Walensky, She announced this today in a phone call with reporters. It wasn't a press conference. It wasn't an address to the American people. It was a phone call to reporters. A phone call. I suspect you'll have none of Jen Psaki's saying she was speaking in her personal capacity. Though she is fully contradicting the president. Again, the Jimmy Kimmel point from four months ago. It's awfully hard to trust the government in what it's telling you with regard to COVID, when every time the government has told you something about COVID, it turned out to be wrong. Was Joe Biden giving out misinformation two months ago? Was he lying? Does he not owe the American people an explanation for the exact 180 degree change? The lurch? Vaccinate, you don't need a mask. Vaccinate and wear a mask. You want to talk about why there's vaccine hesitancy? Who trusts this crowd?